Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. Hey, I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. And welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 44. Today is Friday, November 14, 2008. If you'd like to give us a call, you can actually call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. And, of course, you can email us at ccage at toolmonger.com or s-o-hara at toolmonger.com. That's c-c-a-g-e or s-o-h-a-r-a. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody uh, puts an E on the end of that thing, and we get all kinds of undelivered mail. <laughs> great. This week, Tool Talk is brought to you by Craftsman. Visit the Garage of Knowledge at craftsman.com. There's a craftsman in all of us. Indeed. Indeed there is, and we might, really appreciate uh, their sponsorship. Indeed we do. You might notice a slight tinge of Craftsman uh, swag on the Toolmonger site here and there. It's good stuff, though. Yes, it is. It's kind of fun, and... Uh, you know, it, one thing comes to mind. Well, am I jumping it? Is in, in the top five this week? What's that? The uh, the nailer. Uh, no, no, not no, in the top. Maybe next did week. Not, did not make the top. I think five. it was like right at the end. So it's probably it was right. At the, it got kind of screwed. Normally, what we do is is kind of add Friday uh, to uh, to the to last, the next one. Yeah, so to the, the next ones one. that you got. Yeah, if they yeah. got screwed, then you know it's it's not really fair to call the top five and then not. <laughs> Not to uh, not count Friday or you know count Friday in there, which has had like all of three hours to, <laughs> for people to vote for people to vote. So that's not really fair. But uh, I don't think it made the top ten, but uh, or top five. Uh, now you got you got me doing it. Uh, you got well, you me know doing what? it. You know what? We got to get into the uh, top five this time. But we have a top five intro. Woo-hoo. Five. <laughs> Different than I thought. So it'd there be. you are. There it is. The top five intro promised for a year. Delivered <laughs> today. You just so the email can me. cease. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you <laughs> I got some great email you. today. <laughs> really? Yeah, today, uh, two days ago, four days ago. <laughs> for the last year. It's not happening. You lied. I did Paperware. not. <laughs> uh Well... With that uh, splendiferous uh, <laughs> intro. Is that a word? It is now. Okay. I told you, I make up my own words, man. It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the number five, uh, we actually had a pair of hands-ons in the uh, top five this week, and number five was uh, Waco's Danish Cherry Finish. Oh, yeah. How'd uh, that work out? Actually, it worked out real good, and I forgot to bring it today. because uh, Oh, you had a sample piece? Yeah, well, a sample piece. I grabbed some scrap about a foot and a half long, about eight inches sure. uh, wide. Enough to really tell yeah, like, what it's going to look like. I don't know about y'all, but two-inch chips just don't do it for me. I, I don't... Well, the problem is, is they do do it, just not the same way. Right. You know, you look at it, you think, oh, that's awesome, and then you do it, and it doesn't look anything like that, and you're, you're like, like, oh, that's crap. so... And I can't get that out now, so... <laughs> I'm so screwed. Yeah, so I make panels you know like like a foot and a half square of these things and uh it actually came out really well it goes on uh for those of you not familiar with danish oil it's uh uh basically uh the world's greatest finish no i'm just kidding but, uh, <laughs> it is really easy it's to really use. easy to use you just pop the can shake it up real good that's one of the prerequisites wipe it on now 
many people will say, and I've heard this every time I mention Danish oil, that uh, if you put too much on and, you know, it bleeds and, and you know, so you see some seeping out of it and it, it's very not, not smooth, it's really easy to put enough on to make it work. All you do is put some on a rag and wipe it down and don't leave standing pools and don't, I mean, if you spill some on it, cool, just wipe it off. But I mean, if you try and saturate it like you would with like a Minwax or something right, like that, right. uh, it's not going to work right. This, this actually works. So you don't really need to overuse it. Uh, just put some on a, on a rag or, or cloth or whatever and wipe it down and it's fine. Uh, you normally, I mean, one coat is enough to protect and, and, get some color but if you want to add some extra color you put a second coat on it and you're done basically well we've used we've used that particular brand of danish oil quite a bit oh man um so what's how's the cherry different i mean does the cherry uh the cherry there's only one i guess hassle with any of the the black coat danish oils and that's red mahogany because i think the the dye that they use it with is a little more testy than some of the others everything else um finishes about the same it, it, the color is very similar to what it looks like on the can, which I know sounds kind of crazy, but uh, if you've ever used any of the other kinds of finishes... Oh, yeah, not even close. They look nothing similar. They also look nothing like the chip on the wall at the store. Right, under some kind of lab conditions where, you know, <laughs> the universe has been altered in some way that it allows this finish to look like that. <laughs> it never Yours, happened. not so much. Yours does not look anything like that. Uh, the, the Danish oils look very similar to the can in some cases exactly like it uh we normally use a lot of red oak so most mm -hmm. of our testing goes on that and they look pretty similar the cherry was no different uh it looks like a cherry piece of wood only with oak grain nice uh it it looked very nice um i put some uh colored cherry wax on the top of it and uh it looks great wow nice uh, it looks real high dollar i wish i'd have used it before and it's this. easier than the uh, mahogany yeah yeah it's about the same consistency and and wipe on mm. strategy as golden oak mm. uh, which is kind of the the baseline deal uh, so you think oak, that would work on my bookcases uh actually yeah i do yeah uh, if you liked the color uh, i don't know you haven't seen it yet but uh, yeah I'd like you to can see, see that in the post but yeah isn't it i mean it's kind of like the red mahogany without as much red uh, it's a lighter, a little bit, uh, actually quite a bit lighter than, uh, the red mahogany, but it doesn't have near as much dark, uh, on the grain. Mm. Uh, so it looks very even. I suppose you could always add some dark wax to bring it down a little. Right. Uh, which is kind of what I did. I see. And, uh, it looks at that point, it looks good. Wow. So do you have to order this stuff or is it available? Um, I widely? have not seen it locally on a shelf anywhere. Now, that seems pretty easy to order. But that doesn't mean you can't uh, or or it's not available somewhere else. Or that we here. haven't checked all the like, you know, yeah. the real wood shops. And right. Stuff. I mean, if you go to uh like there's a woodcraft store here in town. Ah, uh, right. That you can go and They and, probably got it. And they probably have it. I personally did not go all the way downtown to, to You do ordered that. it. I ordered it from the Woodcraft <laughs> store. Nice. And uh it came in and like like anytime you order from Woodcraft, it takes like 3 days. They nice. they like hyper ship it or something. I don't know what happens. <laughs> But uh, the thing about uh, ordering stain is remember... Um, oh, yeah, is, you can't airship it. Yeah, you can't airship it. it it's a hazardous chemical or quote-unquote hazardous chemical, yeah, so right. it's got to be ground. So wherever you're going to do, I mean, if you live in Alaska... Just it's going to take a while. Be prepared, okay? They're going to have to <laughs> ship it on a, you know, Sherpa's back ship. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on a, on a, They're going on. to ship yeah, it. Yeah, ship it. It's <laughs> going, to, going to arrive on a boat, you know, so or a choo-choo. 
Um, but, uh, anyway, it's, it worked out really well. Um, it's about as expensive as everything else. Red mahogany is probably a buck or two more expensive than the rest of the, the Danish oils, but this one falls right in line with everything else. Speaking of Alaska, I, you know, I was watching, I was watching, I I think it was, it was probably the daily show or something, but they were showing, uh, Sarah Palin talking about, um, and the only reason I bring this up is that she mentioned ice road truckers. No way. I mean, who cares what she was talking about, okay? She mentioned ice road truckers. Uh-uh. I'm not kidding. What's she like, say? you know, all the shows, and she's like, you know that one, that ice road show? And, <laughs> and then there's another one, too. But I, I just, I'm like, she just mentioned ice road truckers. I'm telling you, man. It's... <laughs> the, the history show, you know, the history slash discovery channel shows uh, have permeated such a level of the population that it's insane i know i know that's why i i i totally i have no desire to bring any political discussion in here but she mentioned ice road truckers come on come on <laughs> be like sweet i was like i gotta tell sean about this <laughs> i would have lost a quarter on that that's, <laughs> i should have bet you one i know i i would have lost a quarter that 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 anybody in politics would, <laughs> would ice road, mention ice road mention truckers. Ice road truckers. I mean, yeah, these are these are two things that don't go together. You would generally. think, but apparently they do. So uh, you know, it's it's. it's <laughs> I still can't believe. That. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I, you see, if I'd have bet you a quarter, I would have had a quarter to spend on stain for my bookcase. Uh, exactly. Yeah, That'd be so, great. Uh, by the way, the uh, the Danish oil stain runs about uh, fourteen bucks shipped uh, per. Oh man, that's not bad per quart. Uh, which a quart will stain if you have like a, a four by or you know a three by eight bookcase right. with all the shelves and everything will stain probably around two and a half bookcases. Wow! So this is cheap. It's not real expensive. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is cheap. It's expensive as stain goes, but not as I hamburgers mean, go. Right. <laughs> exactly. You could stain two bookcases for the price of a gourmet burger. Yeah. Exactly. So. Nice. Uh, it's not expensive at all, and of course, um, people were asking on the forum or uh, on the blog rather, uh, can you uh, put poly over this? Absolutely, you can. Yeah, it's like the others, right? Yeah, it's like the others. And Danish oil poly is fine. The only thing you got to remember is, is uh, you know, if you put too much on, it will weep because it does penetrate right. only to a certain point, and then it just can't go any further, so it just goes back up. Um, don't put so much on that there's it's just swathed in. Yeah, you're in not oil. bathing it. Right. I mean, just wipe it on good and, and you know, go back over it, I guess, a, a couple minutes later. And I've never had any trouble with it. See, and I, I seem to remember that one commenter mentioned that uh, he had done a gun stock with Danish oil and had a problem, had to weep, had to, you know, put a light on it and, and dry it out. Right. And uh, he, he mentioned, too, that he normally used linseed oil or tongue oil, mm-hmm. which kind of, to me, putting those two together i assume that he probably treated the danish oil like those and bathed it in it right which you can't do right which you do with with right, oil yeah. only finishes right uh so but because uh, their their big thing is is it takes a lot to penetrate and you really need a lot of it to get in there right, and really be right. good this you don't because it's only going to go in probably at most at most like a 16th or an eighth it's an not eighth. just oil it's chemically different right you know so just be aware but it's really simple to use and he's not kidding the standard sean finishing system is danish oil one coat or maybe two of wipe on poly depending on what the item is right and wax right if he wants the color different right and man it's great stuff it's durable it's it's about as easy as it gets i mean it's not easy 
but it's easy compared to 90% of the things people do with wood. Right, and it looks professional when you get it done does. with it. It does. It looks nice. Uh, so any stuff you see in the store, it looks like that if you take your time enough to do it. And if you put wax over the top of it, it looks great. Oh, it does. Um, also, um, don't skimp on the wax. <laughs> if you put, like, bowling alley wax over the top of that sucker, it's going to look like somebody put bowling alley wax on top of the sucker. <laughs> so um, go... Mustache wax is out. Yeah, don't, don't uh, you know, Dapper Dan is not, <laughs> not, not what you're headed for, okay? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, F-I-D-D-E-S, Fides, Fids. Yeah, uh, right. I, I import it. We're low class, okay? We don't yeah. know how to say it, but we, you know, we do get it from England and use it. <laughs> so. You betcha. Uh, they have a great, I mean, they have a, just a horrible, huge array of colored wax that you can use, and it's... It's great stuff. It's re- reasonably expensive as wax goes, but it will really just kick the crap out of finishes that that you didn't think you could do. Nice. Anyway. Nice. Uh, I have I have lots to say about those. <laughs> I got I got to remember when to shut up. Um, number four uh, was the big squeeze in parentheses off tool. Uh, this, if you've ever, uh, and that plays better on. On the site, it does. If you've ever seen one of these things, they're they're huge pipe cutters, right? Um, and uh, basically, it looks like a big Terminator claw coming down, and <laughs> and it goes around this pipe. And uh, there's probably a six to eight foot handle because it's made to cut main water trenches, yeah, right, and, and stuff like sure. that. So it's got a six foot handle on it, and you know, a big strapping dude on the other side turning it uh, <laughs> closes the claws and will sever the pipe. Nice. Uh, they are uh, they're rather specialized. You probably won't be doing this in your next <laughs> sprinkler, you know. Well, system I mean, addition. in case you need a lot of water in your yard and you have, like, <laughs> say, a sixteen-inch line running to your screw the city, you know. <laughs> crank, your sprinklers crank. come on and uh, they issue flash flood warnings. Yeah, you know that I mean, kind of thing. It's a, you're going to have to probably spring for the extra five dollars for some high flow heads, but other than that, it's fine, you know. Uh no these are these are pretty much contractor and and uh, city grade only but uh <laughs> they're still cool though oh they're man they're awesome looking they're all shiny and and oh, I always thought good. that was one of the things that made us different than so many tool publications is that so many tool publications are like well we only print you know we only talk about tools that you could use at home yeah or, screw that we only talk about tools for yeah if it's tool we'll talk about it yeah and i don't even care what it is and if it's cool we'll totally talk about oh it. yeah and this thing this thing looks wicked you could <laughs> you could chop the handle off of this and like stick it on some kind of transformer looking thing or monster or you know the ellen ripley piloting exosuit <laughs> look just <laughs> same at home man it's it's fine um and readers love it. Oh yeah. So do we. Yeah. Well, apparently since it was in the top yeah, five. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. It, I mean it was it was pretty cool and and uh it's kind of priced in that if you have to ask you can't afford it type price range. I mean the thing is right. is you know, titanium and steel and and it's, <laughs> it's not small, okay? It's as, it's as big as like a labrador, you know. Now we know why it's in the top 5. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's made out of titanium and steel. It's so big, <laughs> you can't own one and it cuts 16-inch pipe. Yeah. This, All right. this is this that, is not bad. Qualifies. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> number 4, you know. Okay, so uh number 3 was the uh the other hands-on. Uh we had uh, Skills 7 and a quarter 60 tooth carbide saw blade. Uh this was basically um I remember you said this kicked ass. 
I go th- now. I have only one Cirksaw, but I go through blades <laughs> like man. Yeah, because I really don't use my table saw. What little table saw it is um, for anything like sheet sheet stock. So I cut the living crap out of stuff with a Cirksaw. Um, so I go through seven and a quarter inch blades quite a bit, and the forty inch and and some of the the uh, you know specialized like 55 you know mean. yeah 42 yeah, yeah 40 tooth and and some of the 50 some odd teeth uh blades you see um really kind of chew up our double veneered oak ply right, right. and uh it's kind of annoying uh now I, there are many ways to get around that and and you can deal with it and everything but not having to saves you a bunch of time and everything looks better so this is a 60 tooth carbide blade. It's it's like one of the cheapest ones. You can spend upwards of 40 to 60 bucks on one of these things. The skill blade is $13. Wow. Yeah. That's cheap. That's not bad at all. That's um, cheap for like a crappy framing. Blade. Right. I mean I mean some of the crappy framing framing blades like the 24 and the the 40 tooth and all that the cheap ones are 12 bucks, you know. Right. So, that's what I'm saying. I mean that's like in the price range of Right. And this is a 60-tooth carbide blade. It's It works out real good. Uh, we have some great pictures of uh, the difference between our, our previous blade, which was reasonably new, and uh, this 60-tooth, which I just got frustrated and went out and bought one. I wanted the cheapest 60-tooth I could find, and this actually Turned out ha- to be okay. happened to be okay, yeah. Didn't you say there was something about they were welding the... Right. Um, previously, and this is a couple of years ago, they really weren't... Um, some of the carbide blades... Uh, that came out that they were still using teeth that were cut instead of right, actual right. teeth that were, uh, and then they went to gluing them, right. uh, which is okay, but you start losing teeth after a while. And then if you lose a certain amount of them, your saw begins to, to bind and, and stop or, or worse tear things yet, up, tear which kind of defeats up. the purpose of having a 60 tooth blade. Right. So, uh, at this point they're micro welding, uh, the the teeth onto the blade that's pretty damn cool right and it's all machine done so there's the so they're not done expensively and they have the machine set up now so that they can just you know rip these things out and man it works out great ends up being similar in durability and it's cheaper to make so you get this inexpensive blade yeah you get this inexpensive uh smooth finish cutting blade and you know we ran it through a bunch of cuts and it's been probably been through a hundred now uh, no, good. no difference at all from when we first took it out of the package. Nice. So that's good. You normally get, depending on the user, the cuts, the wood, all that kind of right. stuff. We normally get about a thousand to two thousand cuts out of a blade before it gets out of a carbide blade before it gets nasty, you know? <laughs> right? Starts chewing stuff up. Um, this one, not only does it cut still fine, which you'd expect, uh, it shows no visible wear. It's got some, uh, uh, coating on the uh, right by the teeth that is uh, uh slick so it it just kind of wow. glides through there and everything um the only i guess the only at this point uh, uh downside i would have with that particular blade is if you slow down a little bit uh it burns uh the end of the so world you gotta keep moving you got to keep moving but really if you're if you're using ply you're trying to hide your shame anyway and that yeah, part nobody's ever going to see yeah that, that part. part is going to be covered anyway so it's Fair really enough. not a big deal uh, and it doesn't chip or, or shatter or anything, the, the veneer, which is the big reason right. we're using one of these. That's a problem, I think. Right. Uh, so it worked out great. Nice. Good stuff. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Number two, uh, the frog tool. All right. Uh, the frog tool does indeed look weird. Um, what the hell is a frog tool, Sean? Well, it's... It, 
it's probably uh, it's a little multi-tool. It's probably flat or it's it's flattish, I should say. Um, <laughs> flattish. It looks like a frog if you like ran over one. Um, huh. Yeah, it's got kind of like little stubby legs at the back and some things that would be look like. So, uh, if you saw a frog flattened in a field, that's probably what this thing looks like. Only it's flat um, as far as the shape goes, and it's got all kinds of screwdrivers and holes and and little stuff in it and everything it's it's basically a multi-tool that does not follow the multi-tool concept uh so to speak so who uses this kind of thing you know i have no idea <laughs> this uh, is a question we were unable to answer yeah i i don't know i mean it's got strippers and all kinds of weird crap on it it sounds like my kind of thing yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding no i mean <laughs> chuck the the normal yeah yeah the normal uh, naysayer of uh, multi-tools, but uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It looked kind of interesting, and, uh, uh, you know, Ben found this one, and, and Ben is, like, the king of finding weird, cool stuff. <laughs> so uh, it's it was interesting to look at because you look at it and go, huh. See, I look back and I think, okay, when I think of multi-tool, the first thing you think of is a Leatherman, right? Sure. I hated Leathermans because they're square. You know, you put them in your pocket. I know you wear them Batman style, like, you know, a gaffer or something, but I, I don't. So you put it in your pocket, it's uncomfortable, so I never used one. Mm-hmm. Um, then I remember seeing the uh, uh, the the buck, the extract. Right. Right, which was cool because it was a different, it was a knife-based multi-tool instead of a uh, pliers-based multi-tool, yet it had pliers. Right. Which is cool. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you know, obviously the Swiss Army knife is is a multi tool like that. But when you look at it, you know, it's 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 more like all the tools are are on foldouts, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, the tool itself still was a pair of pliers, but they slid out of it. Really cool. It fit in your pocket. Kind of neat. And they came out with one with a light on it and some other stuff and all kinds of stuff, right? Right. And then you get the Skeletool. Which you know is like a rounded off, cool shaped version of the standard leather, in which you can carry in a pocket if you want to. Mm-hmm. That's about you know the thing with multi tools for me. It's like it seems now that these kind of popular items have have paved the way for everybody else to jump in the game. They're jumping in, and they're now it's like, well, here's a different multi tool, and they're all different now. You know, yeah. and some of them you kind of scratch your head and go, why would I need that? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's like you know, note to, you know, tool manufacturer slash marketers. If you're not sure who would carry it, it's probably not a good idea to build it. Or at least find out who might care. Have a market segment in mind. Ask around a little. Yeah. Say, you know, because that's the thing. You'll see one that's like, yeah, but it does this. And you're like, huh. I can even see the really crazy ones. Like, what was that one about a year ago? Those for cabinet makers? Uh, yeah. You remember that? I, I remember had, seeing it. Hell, you couldn't even figure called. out what it did just looking at it. You're like, who the hell would want that? And, of course, it's for cabinet makers, these artisan cabinet makers who have to do all these crazy tasks. Right, and it would do all hand, the crazy and tasks. And it does it. You just know? nothing else. You You're know? like, well, I could see that. Okay, right. that's cool. But uh, some of these I just I do not understand yeah. who they're for. This one, and it's not even like a good form factor either. It looks like a Because when I think deal, good yeah. form factor, I think frog. frog. Yeah. You know, at least it's aptly named. You know, you could look at it and go, "Okay, I could see where that that, that would look like a frog." But, um, you know, it wasn't named like the buffalo or something. I mean, ridiculous. But it's <laughs> it it's a multi tool. Oh, <laughs> you know? and 
That's what we have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Number one. This one actually uh, was kind of surprising to me. Quick window insulation. Yeah. Um, this is not something we do a bunch in Texas, uh, winterizing. The just doesn't get that cold here. And it doesn't, uh, not on a, on a, I guess, uh, lengthy basis. I mean, if you're out in the shop or, and it's not heated or, or whatever, yeah, well, like both of ours, but um, <laughs> yeah. you get cold because uh, you're out there all day standing. But uh, fixing up the windows and everything is not something. Uh, what insulated jumpsuits are for. Yeah, you know. So uh, the uh, the quick window insulation is basically strips and, and film that go over your window and protects the gaps and everything. And uh, they basically seal off your place and uh, – make it more efficient, which is handy. Yeah. You know, a lot of people up north uh, do these and, and swear by it because it, it'll save you tons because you're having to uh, insulate against, you know, degrees with Freaking minus cold behind weather it. Yeah. For like four months. Yeah. Uh, sometimes six, depending on how far <laughs> you go. Uh, Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this the, the good stuff, it's reasonably cheap. But down here, uh, they, uh, you know, that. Uh, it's more of a seasonal thing, so you got to jump on it. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it was definitely brought about uh, a bunch of discussion and some some uh, heated debate on whether it was yuck, u- yuck. useful or not. Heated. watching the news and I'm hearing about, well, I guess we're all hearing a lot about GM's woes when it comes to, well, the, the fact they're about broke. Yeah. And, you know, you hear, you hear a lot of mess about them possibly file, you know, filing for bankruptcy. And if they did, you know, what effect that might have on the other U.S. manufacturers and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is... um you know, I think it it brings out a lot of mixed feelings in a lot of us. You know, it's like if you had a woodworker, you know, a cabinet maker in your town who made crappy cabinets and was, you know, was uncompetitive and and was going broke. And you know, would you would you just want to give him money to keep going? Well, you know, if he employed half the town, maybe. You know, and and all that aside, I can't help but wonder what effect this is going to have on you know toolmongers. Here in America, and, and even around the world, if uh, GM, Ford, Chrysler stopped building trucks, you know? Yeah, it would uh, it would be a different situation than we've had in the last 75 years or so. It sure would, you know? And it's funny, because I know you and I had a real interesting discussion earlier this week over lunch about, you know, buying new cars, and, and you had mentioned something that I didn't know, which is that... You know, since Chrysler became a, uh, uh, you know, privately held, mm-hmm. that their warranty procedures had changed pretty dramatically. Yeah, I mean, in some cases, you, you're not even being serviced, uh, depending on uh, when you bought your Chrysler, what you bought, and, you know, all that stuff. You're not being serviced by actual Chrysler dealerships. Uh, the warranty, They farm it out. Yeah, they farm it out, and the warranty sends you someplace else. Now, this... In the instances that I've heard about it, actually worked out okay, but you know, how long is it going to be before it doesn't? You know, or 
you know, they bounce you around and, and you get, you wind up having to eat some of that and it's completely under warranty for a brand new car and you get hosed. Uh, this just gets interesting, you know, because obviously if, if you if there's concern that GM isn't going to stick around, it's going to be, or, or, or that they're going to come back in some format that may change the way warranties are handled or change the way, uh, you know, the way you buy or the way you service, you know, that's, that's going to turn people off and it's just, it sends them even farther down the hole. And then, you know, you add to that reduced, dramatically reduced warranties right? with Chrysler and others, man, I mean, it's just an interesting, this is one of those times where I wish some of the listeners would call in and just tell us what they're thinking about this. Cause I'm interested in how toolmongers are thinking about trucks, you know, it was like two years ago, I kind of felt like I had a grip on it. You know, mm-hmm. a year ago, I felt like I kind of had a grip on it. You know, yeah, there are some competitors. Uh, there are There's a lot of competition in the full-size truck arena now. Yeah, quite a few. And uh, there have been a lot of changes. But in the last six months, even, there have been a lot of changes in terms of what they're targeting. You know, mileage all of a sudden becomes as important as power in many cases. And then now all of a sudden we get, the apple cart just not only turned over but kicked off a cliff, mm-hmm. you know, by uh, the possibility of GM going under. I mean, what does this mean? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't think there is any way to know for sure, uh, especially at a relatively early stage of, of uh, I mean, it's a late stage of, of uh-oh, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's an early stage of what are we going to do about this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and we were talking about this earlier. The thing that that worries me a little bit is even if you know the Cosmos handed GM, this is the perfect plan. This will build you out of every problem you have with this. And they handed it to GM right now today. It wouldn't matter because it's it's going to be a couple years before you would actually right, see any right. benefit from that. Right. So what do you do in the meantime? Even if they have the great plan. What do you do in the meantime to keep yourself alive, and how does that work, and who pays for it, and why? I mean, and what can you do if you're if you're us and you want a truck? Yeah, I mean, what's there are that two big mean questions you, here. You know? There are two big questions from in my mind. Number one, you know, my heart goes out to all those hardworking guys that build trucks. Absolutely, you know, and and it doesn't matter whether they work, you know, here in the U.S. Whether they work for uh, Toyota you know, or, or Nissan or whether they work for GM or Ford or Chrysler, you know, these guys work their asses off building trucks and I hope things work out for them. You know, number one, number two, what about those, you know, those of us who need trucks and we're buying trucks, what do you do? You know, what do you do? You got to say, you you know, you're a pro and, and you got a truck on loan or lease and it's coming up. What do you do? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? In fact, call us. You know, I'll, I'll even give you the number again, 866-718-9403, because I would like to know what how toolmongers are thinking about this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's about a thousand different combinations that you could do, and and not everyone is right for everybody, but some of the options are going to start to get a little bit more limited or at least a little bit more cautiously entered into Yeah, uh, in yeah. the next uh, couple of years. At least that's my guess. Um, I mean, we ourselves have had uh, went about things a little bit differently than we normally would have. And True. Uh, I, I would be interested to see what actual pros are doing. 
you know, because this is not something that, uh, you know, it would be nice to have. Or, right, right. Or this is this is a useful tool. This is something that they feed their family with. You know, that See, truck makes their life go. I'm not the greatest example. I mean, my truck's a 97, and I'm not buying a truck anytime soon. Right. So, you know, I'm not the guy that's getting just back backhanded by this. If you're a pro, you drive your truck, use it every day. You use up a truck in a couple of years. Right. And you know? use up a truck. I mean, right. it's... I don't mean yeah. I wish I had a new one, so I'm going to go buy one. I mean, like, it's got 100,000 miles on it, and it's time to go to someone who wants to spend more care on it than you can afford to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that means you're anywhere from now to a year or two away from this, and I, I'm interested in what the landscape's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I've heard uh, I've heard a couple different story or, you know, a couple different scenarios uh, from different people here yeah? and there. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the lineman who lives uh, about three three houses down from me, uh, uh, you know, has, uh, well, he's, I mean, he's a contractor and everything. So he, he goes out and does everything, but, uh, the truck's his own, you know? Right. And, uh, I'm like, oh man, what are you going to do? He's like, you know, I, I really honestly don't know. I'm probably going to have to find a used one. That's, that's, uh, you know, I don't have to finance and, and is in reasonably good shape. I'm like, well, where are you going to find that? I have no clue. Um, doesn't want to enter into a new one. Uh, there's other guys who just want to get all the new stuff now and uh, uh, continue on with those and just get the new now so that when it goes flat and, and what they think is going to be soon, uh, they have new stuff and they don't have to think about it for another couple of years. You know, So I, I don't know. There's so many answers to this, I don't even know. I have to admit that one thing that has occurred to me in the last few weeks is that you know, if you can't get a loan for a new vehicle like you might have done in the past, you know, your options are not closed there. Right. There's a difference between, I think I think a lot of people assume that old means unreliable, and that can be true. Well, to a certain extent, it is by definition. You know, the parts have more wear on them. And That's all right. That kind of but thing, it really so. depends on, you know, what parts you replace and what, what work you do. And, you know, when you look and at what the, the vehicle is. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. That's I mean, that's the most important factor right there. If you pick the right vehicle though, and you do the right work on it, preempt you know preemptorily. I don't know the way to say it preemptively, you know, doing it ahead of time. Don't wait, you know, just go ahead and do it now. Man, I think you can get a vehicle that's maybe eighty percent as reliable as a new vehicle if you pick carefully and you do the right work, and it's not going to be free or cheap. You know, I mean, it's not going to be like a thousand bucks. You know, but 4000 5 for sure. 3 or 4 maybe. You know, if you picked carefully, you could do it. You could have a vehicle that would function not a maybe even a truck, you know. Um this is something that I hope everybody's not forced to find out or or figure out. But yeah. you do have options. And and really uh, another piece of it is you're going to have to find a a guess acceptable risk of downtime for you um if you don't need if that truck ain't running uh, you're probably going to have a lower acceptable percentage of downtime than somebody who's like uh, uh you know just hauling plywood back and forth or something like that yeah of course if you if you miss the payments and they take it from you that yeah. that qualifies as downtime too well which is the tough part and and i guess what i'm saying is it seems like what you're saying is absolutely true and the distance between, you know, that, that, that can you get the loan, can you handle the, 
the payments and that unacceptable downtime, man, pe- people getting squeezed in between those two things, you know? Well, yeah, and, and there's there's half steps in between there, you know, like uh, getting a smaller, like a, a third or a half of uh, the amount of a loan on something that's a few years older and still used and, you know, right. started out at half the price than a new one would have. Right. You're splitting right. the difference a little bit there. So, I mean, there's a bunch of answers to this. I mean, you could build your own, but depending on how comfortable and or, you know. Right. Well, it seems to me that, that all those options, which in the past were kind of like just something that you did if you enjoyed it. Right. Kind of can help to ease some of that pain, you know. It's like, uh, you know, you can apply a little bit of your own ingenuity and ability and your and your tools uh, to your advantage to kind of widen that gap just a little bit and find a little space where maybe you can exist comfortably, whereas, you know, the world's trying to push you into a, a bad place. Yeah. I'm always – and it it seems like no matter good times or bad, it's always better to own some tools and know how to use them. Well, you can't you know? really go wrong with that because people can't take that away from you. That's right. You know, and there's all kinds of options you have if you know how to use tools and you know how to work it and you know how to how and where and are willing to dig into some of this stuff yourself. So anyway, give us a call. Let us know what you're getting ready to do with your next truck purchase. we had to discuss in oh, this yeah? pocket yeah you know shop rules <laughs> you're laughing of course sean's laughing everybody because he has a very unique set of shop rules but you know everybody has shop rules oh yeah yeah I, some of them suck too i mean some of them oh yeah some of them are like akin to those uh those guys who like have those uh those built up sports cars and you have to take your shoes off before you get in the damn thing i'm like <laughs> those always just just pissed me off they really did and it's so funny because um you know you you used to always make fun of me for wanting to clean the shop up because you know you had kind of a slightly different view of 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 how clean the shop should be than i did and we used to kind of butt heads about that a lot not in a bad way but kind of fun and uh then we met an unnamed person who fixed us both yeah, and and in and showed us how there's a level far beyond what either of us imagined. Yeah, our, ours is like nitpicking <laughs> over, like putting this over here, putting this over here. This this was a level of despair oh, yeah. which shops should never descend to. We both looked at it and we're like, "Wow, that's crappy." Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, compromise right about here, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we've never discussed it since. It's never really so been I thought a problem. We'd just go ahead and bring it up. Shop rules. I so think you were going to do Sean. This. Tell everyone your shop rules. Well, first of all, <laughs> um, it, it should be very clear that, um, and, and anyone who knows me will tell you that uh, I have a particular resistance about being told what to do and when to do it, especially, I, I don't even no. really care where I no, am. No, you know, you yeah. know. 
So my, uh, <laughs> I, uh, when I finally got my, my shop and, and started rigging out the garage, I made a very strict uh, set of rules that He did everything be... but like carve them out in stone and have them placed on the door. Make, yeah. you, make you sign it in blood before you come in. Yeah, and I thought about doing that, like <laughs> like cranking up and, and like getting some chisels out it's and like carving work, them in wood so. and stuff. But that's, that's work. But I, I make sure that everybody strictly adheres to the, uh, the rules in play. Uh, first rule... Um, I uh, I clean the shop when I damn well feel like it, not before. This is known as the Chuck rule. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no telling me when to clean the shop, and I'll clean it when I feel like it, so that's too Deal damn bad. Yeah. Uh, second rule, I chew on my pencil. Deal with it. <laughs> you know? This is more for my father than anything else. <laughs> uh <laughs> Get that pencil out of your mouth. You know what? My pencil, my shop. I chew on it. You're my rules. Have, yeah, read. my rules. Deal. Pointing know? at the rules. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, third rule is uh, for those who have never been in my shop. I have a, a stereo that goes uh, whenever anybody's out there. And uh, third rule is the stereo and the music does not stop. Uh, period. I don't care what you can change it. You can complain about it. You can you know suggest different <laughs> music. You can supply different music. But there will be music. There will be music. Period. Yes, there will. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the other one is uh, uh, more for uh, the same kind of jackholes that uh, tend to do those rules. Uh, uh, like, oh, you got nobody tells me what to do in my shop. <laughs> if I've just cut my finger off from being incredibly stupid, that's okay. It's still my shop. Don't tell me what to do in my shop. Other than that. Man, we're clean. You know, yeah, those uh, those are pretty much the rules. Sean, put a bandaid on that. No. No. Dude, you're bleeding on the wood. Oh, crap. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those are pretty much the only four rules I have. Um, the, but uh, which... Which uh, whenever we uh, people come over to visit the uh, the the wood shop and, and we okay you know we'll stop and I'll be like Chuck's like all right look you got to know the rules and people look terrified they're like <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what that reminds me of and I've told you this I know but uh, my dad had this convertible Mustang when I was in high school and I I really wanted to drive his convertible Mustang borrow it from him for a week and drive it to school you know. And so I finally talk him out of it, and he's like, son, there's some rules about driving the, the convertible. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, God. I was like, oh, my God, these, it's going to be awful, you know? And he's like, rule number one, if it's, if it's reasonably nice out, and by reasonably nice, I mean not raining in over 50 degrees, mm-hmm. you put the top down. <laughs> Convertibles look like crap with the top up. Don't drive around with the top up when it's nice outside. Don't be that guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, huh, okay, that's not that's not bad. Like rule number two, when you put the top down, put the boot on. Don't just run the top down like some moron and drive around with, you know, the top sticking up out the back of it. They make a boot, it looks nice, put it on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> and he's like, Rule number three, never, ever, and if I ever catch you doing this, you will not borrow the car again. Never, ever ride around with the top down and the rear windows up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Agreed. <laughs> you know, I follow these rules. Yeah. <laughs> to the day, to this day. 
<laughs> my father ain't even around anymore, and I totally follow those rules. <laughs> Good rules to live by, as are yours, incidentally. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it was great because the first time Dad came over. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have seen that the interaction with the shop rules, because <laughs> because Dad was always big on shop rules. Don't touch this. Don't touch this. This is mine. This is you know, <laughs> which albeit when I was five, were probably, probably a little more important for your safety. Especially than, uh, uh, when I drilled all the holes in his tool stands and, and everything. Lightening it, you know exactly. You know it's it's racing cool. term. Yeah. You know? So yeah, he was probably just. <laughs> He, he was probably waiting for the payback. All right, now don't touch this. When you're older, you'll understand, you know. <laughs> um, but I was like, all right. You know? <laughs> As I stuck my pencil in my mouth just for. Chomp, 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 chomp. chomp. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, there's two pencils. If you want to use the other one, that's but But this one is my pencil, and it's I'm chewing on it. <laughs> Deal. You know? Actually, it's really easy working in Sean's shop. It's pretty laid back, and it's a lot of fun. But I always love the shop rules. and. <laughs> I think everybody has shop rules, whether they admit it or not. Some people's are unspoken. Yeah. You know, and some people don't tell you until you cross one, and then they just kick your ass out. Yeah. And uh, Mine are very clear. Yeah. yeah. Well, nobody's <laughs> accused you of being subtle. Yeah, that's true. So- <laughs> it's not as subtle as a truck to the face, you know? Yeah, it's like, not so much. <laughs> but I'm serious, you know? That's the only ones I really, you know, I mean, if you're reasonably okay, then... Those if, are the if only, you're not a dick, you're not going to have a problem you're not in Sean's have a shop. Problem, okay? but just don't nitpick me about chewing on my own damn pencil. Uh, or oh, cleaning it's your own shop. Dirty in here. Yeah, well, you're or turning here. off your music. Deal with you. Oh yeah, don't do that. <laughs> That's bad. We had somebody come over the other day. It was it was like, ah, oh, and I, I don't have the music in an unreasonable volume. Well, you okay? can't. It's an itty bitty. Little, I have the same stereo you do. In fact, because yeah. I went and bought one. When I saw yours, and you're like, watch for it. It goes on sale, and I yeah. like because I mean it's going to get covered in. You know, sawdust and crap and, dust yeah, and I mean, just dust, dust and bugs and everything yeah, else. Right. You know, it, so, this does not need to be a great stereo unit. But I, you couldn't really. I don't think you could hurt yourself with that stereo. No. <laughs> and I have neighbors, so I try and be respectful. You know, because sure. I have power tools going at all hours of the day. But you know, somebody was like trying to talk to me, and and it wasn't like it was loud or anything. But they reached over and turned it off, and and my brother looked like, uh oh. <laughs> well, I would, dude. You better turn that back on. Sorry, dude. You you have to go. <laughs> you, you better you gotta tur- go. You better turn that back on. He's gonna hurt you. I I'm not even playing. You know, I'm like, first of all, st- turn that back on. Well, I was just no, no, no. You turn that stereo back on now. It's like you're really serious. I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, the uh, you know, I'm not one of these these you know cantankerous people. We have to clean the shop every time, and and before everybody goes home, you're going to clean the shop with me. It's no, I'm not always that way. I'm just every now and then it's like you know it gets bad. You know, it gets to the point where you know, especially and and you're not really as bad at this as most people, to be honest, Sean. And you 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 do kind of you scatter tools, but you scatter them in known places. Yeah, the tool card you know? is full. <laughs> Right. If I'm working. <laughs> I, I had the funniest thing, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I went looking for a tool in the tool cart and I couldn't find it. Because <laughs> I hadn't been over there in a while. <laughs> because apparently, you know, someone had put it away and I, I was I was shocked. But no, but I mean, you know, you're not really bad. But a lot of people, I mean, if they're working in somebody's shop that's not their own, we'll just we'll just trash it. They'll just leave crap around leave stuff stacked on other stuff until until it's not you know until it's so crappy they just go to another shop or or yeah. stop working you right. know 
Whereas, you know, when it's your shop, you, you look at it and you say, or when it's, you know, I don't know, for you when it's anybody's shop. Right. You know, you look at it and say, oh, this isn't reasonable now. I mean, yeah, everything doesn't have to be spotless. And if you're going to make a mess the next day, hell, you, you know, let it let it lie, you know. Yeah, but or it's late, you don't feel like cleaning it, right? Which happens to right. me more than more than. I mean, normally I'll well, clean yeah, because like you get a, started late, you know. You yeah, work yeah. a full day and then you start on a project or something. I mean, yeah. it might be midnight, you know. Yeah, I mean, so that's not really something you're into. But the 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 thing that always drives me crazy is the the everybody's tired. It's it's like two in the morning, <laughs> and some jackholes like, all right. No, we got to clean the shop. No, no, we don't. <laughs> Not if it's my shop, we don't. We're going to leave everything right where it is. I think the one home. time that I remember doing that, and, and I don't think you were real happy about it, but I, I think my reasoning was sound, was we were doing some stupid welding project, and we've done a number of stupid welding projects. Uh, so we were doing some few, stupid yeah. welding project, and we pawed through, and it was like Sunday night, you know, and it was like 2 in the morning, and we got done with it. And, yeah, we could have left it and cleaned up the next day, but I just never wanted to see it again. I mean, my attitude was I want to go ahead and finish everything right now and clean up because I don't want to think about this project again ever. I remember that. I know I was not happy about that. But And the, the only problem was we had – it was such a – I can't remember what we were doing, but it was a yeah, big project. So, and we had to clean all the shop. I mean, because there was dust Every, welding dust. Yeah, it was bad. Everywhere. We were grinding and it just got everywhere. Holy crap, was there? I mean, it took us got smarter probably about, about an hour and a half to clean it. Yeah, well, yeah. Grind outside. Grind outside. <laughs> Easier to do. Nature's cleanup service. <laughs> you know, and, but the thing about my Rust shop. is good for the environment. <laughs> exactly. It's biodegradable. Um, but, but the thing about uh, mine is, is you know, when people, I'm like, well, I'm going to clean the shop. You guys probably need to stand outside. They look at me like I'm insane, and then this whirlwind tornado of sawdust comes ripping out because I'll get the air well, blower. You can't do and, that with grinding you know? debris. You just can't just hit the place with air, and, and the grinding debris goes away. You can't hit the place with anything short of a blowtorch and get that stuff off of anything. Broom and a mop and a I mean, that's, brush and But, uh, you know, and, it won't do to do welding in my shop either because I have a fine layer of sawdust everywhere, and, you know, that stuff's flammable. That would explode. Yeah. Shop. Just yeah, gone. it just just it'd be some little <laughs> corner it'd catch on fire somewhere, and then it'd just be. Poof. Anyway, I just really wanted to talk about shop rules for a little bit. <laughs> you got anything else you want to throw into this lovely podcast? Uh, no, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm clean. Uh, I think. Oh, uh, one more thing. Uh, I think we've almost tracked down transmission for the uh, the shop truck project. So uh, we're we're closing on in on that, and uh, um, next week. Uh, I am I am going to endeavor. I can't promise, but I am going to endeavor to uh, for for those who who have emailed uh, about it, uh, do updates on the uh, shop truck project. Long overdue updates on the shop truck project. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, I think would. everybody wants to know about that. I know what happens because I see it all the time. Well, yeah, you know, but it's like everybody wants to know how that thing's going. Yeah. Well, the engine looks great, but uh, the rest of it not so much yet. Oh, it's getting there. Yeah, it's getting. It'll there, totally right? get there. Well, there is one thing I wanted to mention, which is that uh, our friends over at Popular Science released their Best of What's New for 2008, and uh, it's in the December issue, and it's available online, too, including uh, uh, Sean and I both participated in this, and uh, I wrote a number of the bits uh, that you see in the home tech section and sat on the committee that helped make the judgments for the home tech section, and the... uh, uh, one of the things I wrote about was the Craftsman Vibra Free Sander, uh, 
mm-hmm. and a very cool piece of gear. It really does indeed do what it says it does, but uh, don't believe me. Check out the video that Sean and I shot, and uh, it's on the PopSci site, uh, PopSci.com. Go to the Best of What's New section. It's kind of over on the right, and you click on it, and you can see the videos. And Anyway, you can see us using this thing both with a slow motion uh, capture of the bottom of it in motion so you can see how it avoids vibration. Right. And uh, that that's really cool. But also, we, we put a glass of water on it. Yeah, like Lexus style. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was cool, you know? And because it's hard to explain, even in a video, you know, this thing just does not shake your hand. Right. The way you're used to, you know, a, a, a random orbital sander yeah. shaking your hand. Yeah, a normal palm sander will shake you pretty good. In fact, if you use it for about 20, 30 minutes, your yeah, hand will start to go numb yeah. a little bit, you know? So uh, it's... It's not really a huge concern. I mean, it's not, it's it's evil, but... But what the hell, man? You know, this is pretty... It's it's a pretty big step forward. The uh, I'm curious to see if uh, if you can actually get the replacement discs for it. You know, because right. it's a ring and a little disc in the middle. I think you could make one if you needed to, and in fact... You I probably I, could. I kind of, I, I'm kind of tempted to try. Because, um, you know, like like to, to just make some rings, like out of wood or out of anything... You know, actually, actually, sheet metal die. would be great. I'd make a die ring. Oh, that just, would be like, awesome. Smack it with a hammer and just cut some just make paper. Yeah, just make you one. You oh, know? yeah. That's a great idea. Just get some, uh, like... Like they do like, bread cooking and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just get some roof flashing. and, and I thought about this the other day. Oh, that's not bad. Get some roof flashing and uh, uh, make, you know, the circles of the proper size. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then just start whacking them with a hammer and everything and, and pop you out a couple of, of the rings if you're shorthanded. Heck, yeah. We'll have to try that out. Yeah. If that works, maybe we'll post it. Cool. Anyway, I wanted to just uh, throw a shout out to that. The best of what's new is always fun, and the home tech section is always uh, on the ball. There's always like a whole bunch of interesting things. This year, uh, some of the highlights, there was, of course, there was a drain, a self-cleaning drain, uh, the sander, the Capex, of course, right. the badass fest tool, cost more than looking. your car. I know. Yeah. You want it bad. It costs more than my truck, anyway. <laughs> everything costs more than your truck. <laughs> I know. Actually, not really. You actually have more in your truck by the time you buy the transmission than a Capex. Yeah, that's true. Just slightly. By so about 150 bucks. Choice, would you rather have your truck running or a Capex? Oh, a truck. Kidding. kidding me? <laughs> I, uh, I got a saw. <laughs> but the category winner for Home Tech was uh, these these hurricane curtains. They're these curtains that kind of help you. It's like boarding up a window. Right. I, won't, I won't read it all. You can read it on in the issue or online, but that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, it's good stuff. So we'll see you next week.